So welcome back to lesson three. Um, you know, last time we did some, some shaking to get ourselves here. And that took a while and required us to get up and move around. And so I wanted to do something um, on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum this time, just to, to give you a variety of um, options and possibilities for getting yourself here. You know, obviously if you were in the grocery store and wanted to become more present and grounded, you would probably not start jumping around and shaking and uh, that kind of thing. But you can get yourself present just by taking deep breaths. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take three deep breaths. And as you're breathing in, just breathe in centeredness and groundedness and, and being here and breathe out distractions. So let's just take Big deep breath together and hold it in a little bit. So in, hold, out. And as you breathe out, just breathe all the way out and then try and breathe out a little bit more, even more than you think you can. Okay, let's breathe in centeredness and being present. One more big breath in. And out. Okay. Everybody feel like they're here and ready to go? Very good. So we're going to kind of jump right in. We had um, talked a little bit before about... Um, oh, Cindy, did you bring ca your cards? Great, okay, just wanted to double check. Um, a little bit more about using your values as a tool that as you get more and more aware of what you want and want to bring that into your life, that that's invariably going to bump up against other people's um, ideas about what they want. And, um, you know, for people who are strangers or acquaintances or something, that may not be that difficult to navigate. But when it comes up against what your family thinks is a good idea or other people that you care about, sometimes that can can stop you or um, give you, you know, at least really put on the brakes of pursuing the life that you want to create for yourself. And so obviously we want to take other people's um, feelings and uh, thoughts and things into consideration when they're important to us. But... Um, we don't want to run our lives by what other people want or expect of us because that's sort of the definition of not living an authentic life. And I, I don't think there's any possible way to live a satisfying or happy life when you're living it like that, where you're primarily concerned about what other people want and not what you want. So uh, I think values really can be used as a tool and that that's a an extremely underutilized tool. It's something that, you know, especially these days in America, people talk about values a lot. Um, but for the most part, I don't think the, you know, the average bear is very in touch with what their values actually are beyond, you know, blah, 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 you know, the few little headline things you hear in the news. Um, and 
So really having a fluency with that and having bringing those values to the forefront of your mind really enables you to, to use them a lot more as a tool. Um, and this is a, a quote right out of the book that I really like. Values influence and guide our choices, and our choices, even those that take place in an instant, determine the quality of our lives. So I think that kind of sums it up. Um, and rather than trying to explain how to use them as a tool, I want to start with um, giving you kind of an example, and it's, it's kind of a far out example, but um, I think sometimes broad examples help you get the point. So um, this is a little bit what I mean about using your values as an example. So pretend for a moment that you were an actress here on the East Coast and you have a family and young children and they're very important to you and aside from your acting which you love you are very committed to and really love your family and one day you get a call to go out to Hollywood and spend about a month doing various tests for TV shows um, and you're really excited about that but you have to be gone for a month you don't even know if you're going to get the shows um, but this is something that, you know, you've been thinking about for a long time. It, it's, you know, an, an exciting opportunity. So, you have to be away from your family for a month, though. What are you going to do? You know, what's more important? What you want or your family? Well, there isn't really, um, an objective answer. The answer is, what's important to you and what's important to the other people involved. And so that's what I mean by using it as a tool, is there's not a, you ought to do this, this is the right way to handle this. It really, um, there's just so many variables. So you could look at, you know, is it more important for you to have the chance to make it in Hollywood or do you just want to be able to do more acting? And that's one vehicle to do that. So could you start doing more regional theater or something like that here where you wouldn't have to go there? Or is it really, really important to break into TV? Those are both right answers. It just, you know, that's one way to start to decide. Um, could your family come with you for a month? Or would that be a great adventure? Or would that be a horrible disruption? You know, it. I don't know. It, it really depends. It could be either one of those. Um, you know, could you commute back and forth every week? Well, then that would maybe, you know, cost a lot of money to fly back and forth three or four times over that course. But maybe that's, that's a viable option and that you're willing to cut back in other areas to make that work. So, um, you know, this just gives you a little bit of a sense of what I'm talking about, of how you would use your values as a tool to sort through that situation and figure out something that works for you and, and that works for the other people involved. And then there's always, again, this balancing of, you know, there are definitely times when compromise is important. And how important, how important is it to you to have it the way that you want? And so do you need to really stand up for, no, this is really important to me, I really want to do it this way. Or, eh, it's not that important, so I'm, I'm willing to, you know, meet you halfway or to give you all of what you want this time because um, that's not that big a deal to me. And so it's just sort of this, this sliding scale. Um, 
So really investing time and energy to define your goals and align your actions with them is a pretty pivotal suggestion in the Falling Awake book. So uh, we're going to do, I know both of you have thought a little bit about your values and written out some of those already um, in other places, and we're going to think about values some more, but in a slightly different way. And we uh, have a really great exercise to help you do that. They have that paper. Okay. Let me pause this for a second. All right, so this is called the essential self exercise. And the purpose of this is twofold. First, it's a way for you to truly embody uh, ways of being that you admire in other people. And it's also um, that when you're being your essential self, you're being very self-expressed. In other words, you're being authentic and you're being open about that. So um, when you're feeling out of balance or you're feeling disempowered, you can simply look to your essential self and identify what's missing because that's a very good indicator that you are not living your uh, essential self when you're feeling those things. So think of three or four, maybe even five people whose ways of being and how they are in the world really inspire you. And those can be people who are living or deceased. They can be fictional characters or real people. Um, they could be people you don't even know or, you know, a grandparent or, or, you know, your neighbor or somebody you do know. So list the names across the top of the page. This also across. is a person, could be a close friend or somebody who's been a close friend. Because what you're looking at is when you're at your best with them and they're at their best, you know, that's what you're looking for. Who you love to be with. So yeah, one of the examples is my mom did everything for everybody in the family and she even drove a group of ladies to daily church services. And so then you can look at that. Well, what, what was it about that, that that inspired you, that you admire, that makes you feel really great when you're with that person? So here's some examples. You probably get kind of get the gist of the idea here, but the example is Martin Luther King, courageous, visionary, loving, compassionate, determined. Then my dad, hardworking, loyal, visionary, savvy, determined, generous, responsible. Aunt Susie, fun, loving, generous, creative. So just, um, you know, short descriptors about some of the, the characteristics or the values of these people that inspire you. And we'll take about three minutes to do that. So what we're going to do now is look through the list that you've made and find the common values in each one. And so make another separate list of all the overlaps. Just between, they have to be between all of them? Yeah. So there has to be, have to be all of them, but if it repeats itself, how many do you have? Five. Yeah, if it's repeating itself. Do, have to be do any of your people have yeah, they have common some, traits? They do, but not across all five. Yeah, they don't all have. Just okay. the ones where you have, you know, two or more um, that you've written, you know, for two or more people. Just make a list of, of those.
any place where there's there's overlap, even if you didn't write it down in the original list, add that to your your list that you have now. And then when you feel you've got your um, combined list in pretty good shape, start to look for the words that are variations of each other or that could be subcategories of each other. So courageous might mean loyal, determined, savvy, responsible. Um, and it may take a little bit longer to sort of figure out which words go together, but we're trying to get down to three or four main words um, out of the list that you've just created. Work through this. All right, well, this is a good opportunity for us to kind of work through this together. And if you're um, still working on yours, keep doing that if you can. Listen with one ear and write with the other. Well, don't write with your ear, but you know what I mean. Go ahead and write with your ear. So, Cindy, tell me what, what traits you have. Okay, I have innovative, authentic, successful, unique, generous, daring, open, and evolving. Authentic. Successful. Unique. Mm -hmm. Generous. 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 Daring. Open and evolving. Okay. So, I mean, you tell me because I don't want to shoehorn values down your throat. But it, to me, it looks like um, unique and innovative might go together and that evolving might go in there somewhere like they, those could possibly be grouped together okay um does that make sense or not yes and i actually thought that unique also went with um authentic uh-huh and that evolving also went with daring so i can that makes sense you have to create like a tree or something yeah. of of ones that um go together Good. And how are you doing, Megan? Well, I'm feeling a little stuck because mine are more so phrases. Okay. Um, so, the initial list of, I had spiritually centered, uh, or descriptors, wonderful healer, incredible listener, supportive, thoughtful, meditates daily. So, instead of meditates daily, I might put disciplined. Um, so I would distill spiritually centered, wonderful healer into one mm -hmm. and just go with spiritually centered. Yeah. And is it possible that the, I mean, the main part to me about meditating daily is not about being disciplined. It's about being spiritually disciplined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so true. that could possibly go together. Um, mm -hmm. But again, I, I you know, no, this true. this wants to be a reflection of you, not what I say goes together. So, so 
so in distilling it, what I have down here is spiritually centered, incredible listener, supportive, and then thoughtful, although supportive and thoughtful could be just distilled and mm -hmm. supportive. Yeah. So then there are three. So okay. wonderful healer could be healer. Wonderful is a descriptor of healer. The key word is healer, not wonderful. Right, and I, I went ahead and included uh, the healer and the spiritually centered because I think that when folks are spiritually centered, they're healing, they're functioning as a healer. So. Yeah, so tell me what yours are again, spiritually centered. Incredible listener, or at least, well, what, how would you distill that for me? I'd say listener. Okay. Yeah. Listener and supportive. Okay, good. I think you should pick those four words, spiritual, healer, listener, and supportive. You think that's okay? We don't have to... Spirit, spiritual, yeah, you can have four. Spiritual, listener, supportive, healer. Does that, how's that feel? That feels great. Yay. I got my four too. Good, let's hear your four. <laughs> Authentic, innovative, generous, successful. Yeah. That's the thing I went, yeah, that's right. Those four. Yeah. And that's you. So, yeah, that's the next thing, is take a card. Cards. And write these down. <laughs> cards, cards. And put it somewhere where you can see it often, where you can remind yourself that that is your essential self, because that, that's what you have just described through this process, is your essential self. And so the times when you're feeling a little off balance and um, like everything is upside down, it's a good time to refer to this and to look at how can I um, get myself back on track by re-embodying these things, because theory is that when you're off track, it's when you have moved away from your essential self. God, that makes perfect sense. Yay. <laughs> I had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> That's yes. fine. No, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm <laughs> is always desired. Wonderful. And then after we get that down, the next thing, well, let's take a minute and share. We, I heard yours. Penny, have you got yours? Mm -hmm. <coughs> Spiritual, creative, humorous, partnership. That is all you. Yeah, absolutely. These aren't new. I mean, I've done this exercise before and it, they haven't changed. Cool. Well, that's good to know, though. And I mean, when I, all of you, when I hear yours, I go, yeah, uh huh, absolutely. Thanks. So, yeah. So the next thing we're going to do is, um, Think about your, your main goal that we've been working on uh, all last session and all along the way. And we're going to write just a few more cards um, about that, about ways to, uh, you know, take action on your main goal that are inspired by these values and inspired by your essential self. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, we've, we've had several different ways of coming at this, um, looking at ways to move your main goal forward and to get um, ideas sparked about that. And this was another way to do that. So how was that? It was cool to have um, a couple of, of those 
qualities kind of come through and it provided an opportunity for more clarity and for me to kind of see those action steps through a different lens a little bit than the way I was thinking about it before. Great. Um, like, there's so many different ways to meditate. Like, you know, there's guided meditation, there's meditation where you're just really trying to go within and there's setting an intention. And um, since mine was listener, uh, I always think about it as listening to others, but really I think what I've been keying in on is the listening to my intuition mm. and honoring and trusting that. So working with meditation as an opportunity for deep listening at least once a week as opposed to, you know, thinking about it as like being a supportive listener to another person. That was really helpful. Good. kind of agree with Megan. Um, well, I couldn't remember what problem I was working on before because I've had um, a couple of problems I've worked on in different settings through different methodologies. So what came up for me was marketing and specifically marketing for this program. And of course, I have to do marketing for one-to-one -one as well. Um, so what if became the question. I started asking, what if marketing had humor? Mm. And it could be like funny. And um, what if we became very creative in our marketing and in speaking it into existence in a very creative way? And um, what if we just, um, as we create the course and stuff, just highlight humor from time to time? Um, and to have uh, a loving partnership as we go forward. Yeah. Um, and that the program must reflect us um, in terms of spirituality. Whereas I don't know that Dave's program has that much of a component. Right. It does now, but he's evolved since falling away. Right. Good. And how about you, Cindy? I really like the way that's so helpful. It's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, what was really nice was the first thing that came up was just keep doing what I'm doing, and that felt really good. So I think, so, like, I was kind of in this yesterday. I vacillate between being, like, the most trusting sheep in the flock. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I trust that this is exactly as it should be. And then I, like, last night, I'm like, oh, screw it. I'm just going <laughs> to get a job like everybody else. God, this is ridiculous. You know, be a grown-up. And so I go back and forth, and when I do this, I think, you know, I'm, I'm living my life exactly how I'm supposed to be living it, and it doesn't make sense. Um, all the time, and I, I'm very confused a lot, but I do feel like what I'm doing is authentically me from day to day. Um, yeah, and I think the, the other piece that came up, um, and I know this is happening this week, was um, I'm getting a lot more comfortable, like for example, I got a contact at Salem College, and I emailed her, and I sent her my Vita, and I said, really, I talked about how I might fit at Salem. You don't have my department, but I would love to work with your adult students. And she wrote back and said, thank you, I sent your video onto the psych department, they might need adjuncts. And my first thought was, no, that's not what I'm talking about. That's good, that's fine. You need me because I have something to offer you. Like that was my immediate response to that. I wrote her back and I said that. I said, you know, I really think there's something I have to offer for you beyond adjunct teaching. I really would love to meet with you and talk about how I might fit at Sam. Mm. And it wasn't a, like I, I didn't think to myself, you know, I should do this. It wasn't like a, it didn't even take courage. It was like, no, you're missing what I'm saying. Like you really need me. And that is really new for me. Like, I, that's not awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, like, that kind of 
kind of just speaking mm -hmm. like this is just really a gift I want to give you. Like there's something here that I can help you with and let's find out what it is. Yeah. Like, that feels good. Like that's Yeah. Really Absolutely. So doing things like that. Yeah. yeah, and you being really in touch with that then mm -hmm. allows you to do what you did, to, where you said it didn't even take courage to say it. It was like, no, really, I know this is who I am and what I have. Right. And so if there's the misunderstanding, it's yeah. like, no, let me clear it up for you. Yeah. And it's not a big effort and a big like, oh, what should I say? Right. It's just, no, I'm here being really me, and I know what that is. Right. And so therefore, I can go forward with that. Yeah, awesome. What I think is so inspiring about what you did is that um, it goes back to what we were talking about last week is speaking powerfully about something and not being attached to it. Mm -hmm. So you weren't attached. You were just clarifying, you know, her natural. I mean, she just think she was just thinking the way Salem thinks. Right. Exactly. And you were saying, I, I have something a little different in mind. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. It feels so good and powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah, me too. And I don't know yeah. how we're back from her yet, but I was like, well, I'm not going to not say it. Like, I'm not going to just let my beta go into a big pile somewhere and get lost. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what this is about, so. Yeah, or be so attached to, well, I really need more money. I really need this job, so I'm going to, like, conform myself to whatever they want just to assure that. Exactly. And it's like, no, that doesn't really feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. So good. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about values, but in a, um, in a slightly different, I mean, it's obviously related, but a slightly different way. Um, it's a little bit more about taking responsibility. I and mean, we've done some reading recently about taking responsibility. Um, so one thing about values, which I'm sure this is not news to you, is that, you know, everybody has different values and other people might have ones that are not the same as you and that, of course, they're not necessarily wrong. Um, and it's not really your job to change their values or actually, in fact, to change anything about them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really powerful when you ask somebody for what you want and you say, you know, would you please put your, your dishes in the dishwasher and not just in the sink? Because that's something you want and you're asking for it. And that's asking them to be different than they are, which they may or may not do. Um, exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, getting to... Again, it's one of those things of uh, priorities, you know. Is it really, really important to you that you get your way on this thing, on the dishes? Or is that, you know, not the best allotment of, of your energy? So, you know, the, the really the best way to achieve your goals and create your life is to change the things that you can change and to have most of your energy and your time and your focus going into the things that you can change, which are primarily about yourself. So, you know, it's, it's that old serenity prayer to, you know, give me the wisdom or the whatever to change the things I can change to, um, you know, so you not... Lord, grant me the courage to change the thing I can, the wisdom to, like, the courage, oh, I can't even 
But it's the wisdom, the wisdom to know the difference between the things that you can change and the things that you can't. Serenity. Serenity right. Serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Um, and from my perspective, a lot of that has to do with, um, with energy and focus. Because when we were talking earlier about how, yes, you could change something from sheer will, about yourself, change a habit with sheer willpower, and you can. And it takes an, an enormous amount of your focus and your energy to do that. And so it's extremely difficult to be focused on creating your life when you're overly concerned with what other people are doing in their life. And, you know, obviously sometimes it's appropriate to ask for what you want, and sometimes it's appropriate to put energy into, you know, having that be paid attention to. And a lot of times it's not. Um, when, when we're over there, worried about everybody else and what they're not doing right and, and what would be helpful to them and how we can be of assistance to them and... Um, you know, you really ought to be doing this. And then there's nobody over here kind of minding the store. And this is really, um, I mean, the reason I'm bringing this up is this, that this is a really foundational part of, you know, you, you both expressed interest in going into the next phase, which is sort of the actual coaching skills. But this is really the foundation of our coaching is that, um, you know, it, it sort of blows blew me away when I first heard this, but it makes perfect sense that, you know, your clients don't need you. They're fine. And that doesn't mean you cannot be of enormous assistance to them. And it's a great gift to have somebody to, you know, hold, hold you soulfully and with love and with non-judgment and facilitate for you while you figure things out. And they don't need you. They're really okay. Um, that's one of the kind of the differences I think between coaching and counseling is sometimes in counseling somebody's got a real, um, you know, pathology going on that really needs some help. And in coaching, yeah, would they be, you know, could they be happier? Could they be more clear? Could they be? Yeah, they could. And that you could help them do that. But the most empowering way to do that is not to give them all your good ideas about how they can do that. It's to let them work through that, to help facilitate them figuring that out. Um, and every now and then you do have a really good idea. You know, every now and then you have, um, you know, this is a silly example that comes to mind, but at my vet practice, my vet practice, the vet practice I go to, I don't own it, um, they have a holistic vet who's a trained homeopath and herbalist and things like that. And that's not very common around here. So when I run into somebody who's having a problem with their pet, who I know would like to have more, you know, more natural options, I will sometimes offer that as a possibility. But that's what it is. It's a possibility. It's not, you really ought to take your dog to this vet because I know what's best for you. It's like, well, I happen to know this information and because I'm pretty sure you don't, and that you, I, I'm sensing that you would like this to know this information, then I'll pass along, but again, holding it very lightly. Um, and that's, you know, that's the only way to be able to hold people in a coaching relationship, or frankly, in any relationship, 
as brilliant and capable and, um, you know, inventive and all the things that we, that's part of the powerful part of the coaching process is to say, not only am I going to really listen to you soulfully and help you figure these things out that you're trying to figure out, um, but I really, even if you don't believe right now that you're capable or that you're inventive or that you're brilliant, I believe it. And that's how they start to believe it. And that sometimes the best way to get somebody to step up is for you to step back out of the way. You know, there's a, there's a certain amount of people who come into coaching or to friendships or other kinds of relationships and they don't really think that they can do it on their own or they don't really think they're smart or they don't really, you know, blah, 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 whatever their stories are. And they're sort of happy to let you lead the way until they aren't, which they invariably come to that point where they're like, you know, help me, help me, help me, help me, stop, you know. But um, so it's, it's, it's sort of a, a double-edged thing that it's helping to empower people who don't believe in themselves necessarily and that sometimes the only way to do that is for you to move out of the way so that then they can step up into that. And that's, like I said, just a really pivotal part of, of this training. And it, you know, it means that you're then able to take responsibility for your life and you're allowing other people to take responsibility for theirs. And so that's um, what I was saying earlier about how this is sort of about um, taking responsibility. So anything that anybody wants to say about that before we go on? I liked um, what he said about taking responsibility a lot of times is just um, taking your ability to respond mm, mm -hmm. and choosing how you respond. Yeah. So this is, um, we're going to go on to talking a little bit about um, negative self-talk and as a way of, um, you know, that's another potential impediment to your goals because you've gotten uh, clear about your, a little bit clearer about your values and some of these other tools um, and some ideas, you know, got probably some really great ideas for moving forward on your goals and are on your main goal that you're working on right now. And that, um, as you were saying earlier, Cindy, every now and then that little gremlin monster jumps up and says, oh, you should just go get a job like everybody else. What's the matter with you? Yeah. And so I don't know that there's a way to really ever totally shut that voice, like make it stop talking, but Sounds like you're doing exactly what I'm about to recommend, which is to say, okay, I hear you, and I'm not going to listen to you. And to find ways to, it's that, that whole, you know, course correcting more quickly. Like, not that you're always walking on the perfectly even straight path all the time, because nobody can do that. Maybe the Dalai Lama can do that, but nobody, no normal people can do that. But to get, get back on. So, um... You know, it, it, it's so easy. We're so programmed to focus on the ways that we're falling short, 
and the ways that we're not quite good enough and we compare ourselves to other people. And, you know, the irony of this is that there are so many really accomplished, rich, beautiful people who are having these exact same stories going through their heads. Mm -hmm. That they're not whatever enough and that they're not, you know, so when we're doubting our abilities and we're punishing ourselves for our mistakes and, and we're paying attention to other people's opinions, um, you get really trapped in that. And again, another one of these just like boring, open my eyes um, statements that I ran across, and I think it's from Byron Katie, is that when you're trying to have, cultivate a certain impression, you're manipulating people. And how can you have a close relationship with someone that you're manipulating? So if you're always trying to get them to think of you in a certain way, even if, if it's a good way, that's a manipulation. Like go out and, and be who you are. And, and the other thing she says is that it's not your business what other people think of you, which is not always easy to completely swallow. But I like that concept. That if you like move towards that concept kind of thing. That um, yeah, that the person whose whose opinion is important is your opinion. What's your opinion of you? And um, yes. Something that's sort of along um, the lines of the negative self-speak is like when we, that's coming up for me right now is like something that I've been playing with recently is when you set your intention mm -hmm. and then you start having a conversation with someone in your head that's not in alignment with that intention. That's not even just like that voice that's speaking to you, but you're imagining, you know, things not going in the direction that you want it to go in. Then like kind of stopping that in its tracks, which is something that I've been playing with more recently. It's a little bit of a different tool and technique and then being able to like shift that internal conversation to something that's more in alignment with your intention. Yeah, So that's great. I've been working with that a little bit. Yeah. The other piece that comes up for me um, is when I hear that voice saying you need to get a job, the two pieces of that, one, it's, it's it's kind of a realistic voice. Like you gotta support yourself. You gotta be right. And I, I can really honor that. And that's my a lot of that's my family heritage. It's, and, and I really honor that. The other piece is I know it's the scared part of me. And so when I do that, you know, thank you for your opinion. I try to have it really loving, like, thank you so much for loving me so yeah. much for being worried. Mm -hmm. And I really love you and I'm gonna take care of this and I know what to do here. And I I try to have that too. That's an awesome mm -hmm. uh, insight about that. Yeah. yeah. I know that's my fear, a lot of it, and it's my grandmother, and it's my mom, and it's my dad. Yeah. My great-grandparents. I'm going to keep working. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just about to say, is you know, when you have compassion for yourself, that that's so helpful in this. So, yeah, thank you for saying mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because I think those a lot of times those voices that come up are... Um, you know, sometimes it's just because they they're scared and they don't want anything to change. And sometimes it's because they have legitimate concerns. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to cut that off. You don't want to stifle that and say, I'm not going to hear you. Because it's going to come out in some other way. Mm -hmm. um, and so to say, yes, I hear you. And I, I appreciate your concern. And I'm not necessarily going to do what you want. Um, at least that voice has has gotten to be heard in those pieces of you. Yeah, very good. So, um, 
you know, there's that old saying about how it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. So I really like that about this, that when things are, are getting a little bit um, off track or that, you know, your self-talk is saying, oh, things are off track, to just light a candle and do some of these things that you've both just described to bring, um, bring your awareness back to the more empowering voices and the voices that that have a plan and have desires for going forward and creating a life that you want. Very good. So now we're getting to, here's bringing some of the, I think this is fun anyway. Um, we're gonna spend a few minutes writing on cards some um, things that you would like to be free of, which could be um, self-talk, it could be um, old resentments, either about you know things that you've done, self-recriminations, or there should be a pile. Do you want these to be on cards? Oh, you you're right. We're gonna use, we're gonna do paper because when we get these all done, we're going to go outside and we're going to burn them. So yeah. So Penny brought some highly flammable old paper. So normally we would write things on cards, but we're gonna give you some paper. So you don't have to write one for piece of paper. No. I would just recommend that however big it is to you, you make it that big on the paper. Okay. And I don't think I brought my markers today to do this with markers. And so what we're going to do, so go ahead and write down, you know, whatever comes to your mind. And when we go outside, we're going to spend a couple minutes um, before we actually burn. Just being outside, walking around a little bit. Um, thinking about this a little bit more, you may think of a few more things that you want to add at that point. There may also be things that you're not quite ready to release for some reason. Um, and that that's okay. You know, again, we're moving towards love in this. Um, we're moving towards self-love and um, moving towards love of other people who may have hurt you in the past or situations that were unpleasant in the past. And if you're not quite ready, if you think you're ready and you write it down, and then you get out there and you say, you know what, honestly, I'm not quite ready to release this. We're just going to um, cross it out and just with intention remove it. And you can put more than one on a page if you choose. Yeah. So before we go outside to burn these, um, a couple of people have expressed interest in sharing them with the group. Um, but we're not going to record that part. So I'm going to turn off the recording and then we will go outside and do the burn exercise. No, we can't. We can't, okay. yeah. <laughs> Legally or? They're no, they're, they're. You have um, to have a special instrument to get those pegs out. Okay. Oh. So we're going to take a break in just a minute, but anything that you want to share or say about burning your. Um, Negative self-talk, old habits that you want to get rid of, resentments. I don't know why I don't burn shit more often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I love to burn shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the last time I did it, it was cold. And that was just, like, last winter. So not any time this season. I don't remember doing it over the summer, although I may have, but... That's important. That's something I would like to offer to myself, either on a seasonal basis, like once a season, 
once a season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then inviting, like, releasing and then inviting. And calling in to fill that void. Mm -hmm. That release so it doesn't just get filled up with whatever. But to to write on the amount. I think I'm going to, actually, it might be nice to just kind of fill up with some light or something that so that that space gets... When we come back from our break, we're going to do a guided meditation where we go into your future, which has now been nice. cleaned of everything, mm-hmm. and, um, and start to embody that. Florida water. So anything else that anybody wants to say you know, about this? Tell me what Megan said a little bit. Um, the thing that was coming up for me as we kind of Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, you kind of know that, but we, we're so detached from the natural cycle, you forget. Right. And I've been thinking a lot that this spring really does feel like a time to plant seeds. So like that email to Salem College, or, you know, I created, uh, last week I had a week off, I created this sort of four-page sort of business plan, <coughs> these four areas of my life I'm working on, just little things I can start to do to get them moving forward, and that sense of what seeds am I planting, and, and then in the summer, what am I nurturing to end, and then what am I going to harvest? And that, I really, mm-hmm. like what you're saying makes perfect sense to me, like that idea of doing this once a season and letting, you know, like you're pulling weeds or you're plowing or you're plowing under the crops or whatever, that, that imagery really works for me. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, the, the, the ground that has been laid is like pulling forth um, huge possibilities and we're excited because we're talking about letting go of the past and the things that have held us back and moving into the future and believing we can accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. I was really thinking that today that, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about all the classes so far and that today has been my favorite one because I feel like we haven't just been trying to like cover so much ground. We've actually had time to process and to really talk and that you have enough background now and have done enough reading and enough work that it's all starting to kind of gel for you and so it's been really good. So we're going to get ready to do a guided meditation to help take you out into your future that you have been creating. You know what I just realized? We didn't do any celebrations. Oh, we were supposed to do that at the very beginning. That was exactly what we were supposed to do. Would you like to do that now? Can we do that? Please do that. Um, so I'm grateful for the storyline experience that I just shared with you. That was really wonderful. I um, also got some really great news this week that my dad, who uh, finished up chemo and just had his first PET scan, is disease-free. Yay. So I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that. And um, I just... And then uh, following through with a couple of the action steps for my goal of becoming a wonderful healer, I reached out to Sandy Sieber and Sandy Focus, and I had never worked with Sandy Focus before, and I did a shamanic um, journey, and then that led me to do a shamanic, like a healing while I was in the journey, 
And so that was a really incredible experience. Um, and I did wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning feeling like really sick to my stomach. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> like, I totally, you know, like, I'm totally, I just opened something up that I'm not ready to open up. I've got to be at Storyline in the morning. <laughs> like, what's happening? I can't have a healing crisis right now. But uh, it totally was something that cleared up. But it was just um, sweet that I feel like I'm allowing myself to really embark on this journey and to be open and to trust while still, you know, working that dance of the parts of me that are a little scared and unclear about what this is all going to mean to you. Yeah. So I'm so I'm grateful for all of that. Wonderful. Anybody else? Well, I've had like a quantum shift. Um, it's been coming and pieces of it have come long before now. But it's just like recently, um, it's embodied in me. And it has to do with what we're up to, and it's so much my self-expression, and the possibilities are so huge in my mind. And, you know, I just, I love this. I love this. I love it. And it will be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And um, also that... Um, I've taken on a, a certain kind of eating for health that is really supporting me right now. Great. It's, it's not, I'm not struggling with it. Good. Awesome. Uh, well, I mentioned mine about that Salem College thing felt like a big thing. The other thing I did, Wake, I've been trying to, actually went to Wake, and I just feel like I keep bumping up against this guy working with them kind of feeling, and, and I, one voice in my head says, you know, that just means it's not the right time. The other voice says, you know, you just need to come at this a different way. So I'm developing a workshop for the University of Italia in Minnesota about counseling and entrepreneurship. And I just sent a message this morning to Pamela Carr, the administration partner, and I said, what about this? Could I do this at Wake? And I, I'm just really proud of myself for continuing to put it out there. And again, it doesn't feel like I'm doing it in a way that's like, please give me a job. It's just like, I just have these ideas, and if it's interesting, great. If not, cool. And there's some other places at Wake Forest that that's taking place yeah. that aren't in the counseling department. Yeah, I know. So I, I think what's happening for me is it's the thinking, like I'm letting myself think out of the box and share it. And um, the other two big ones, I dropped all my stuff up at the tax lady today. So she's my always feels like a mess with me. And I have not, I've been worrying about money and little flickers, but I have not been awake worrying about it at night. And that's a huge change. Like being awake from 3 to 5 a.m. worrying about money sucks. And I haven't been doing that at all. Like really found ways to manage that and have that conversation with myself where I just say, you know what, you're not going to do this right now because it's not purposeful. Mm -hmm. In the morning you can wake up and do all you want, but right now you're not going to worry about it. And, and by morning I'm going to so Right. It's, it's, yeah. So it's, yeah. But I also feel a little vortex-y, vortex situation going on. <laughs> Huge vortex. Very good. Well, let's get, get comfortable and... Um, Put two feet on the floor, and um, you don't have to close your eyes, but um, that's probably not a bad idea. Take a deep breath. You're about to embark into the future that you are creating. You do not need to worry that you may have designed a future that you will want to alter in some way later down the line. 
you always have free choice about where you go and about making any alterations that you desire along the way as you meet each element. Step into your future by being in it right now. See yourself walking along in a path in nature. It's anywhere that you wish, real or imagined. But it's very peaceful and you are acutely aware of your surroundings. Feel the breeze beneath your, the ground beneath your feet and feel the breeze. Hear the sounds of the trees or the birds. There may be water nearby. As you walk along this path in nature, you see ahead of you an archway that is the threshold from your present life into the future. It's not a static future that's already written. It's a future full of possibilities for the life of your dreams. Walk up to the archway and stop just before going through it. Take a deep breath and cross the threshold into your future with anticipation and confidence. Just on the other side, there's a guide waiting for you. It may be an angel or an animal spirit or your beloved grandmother. But this guide is there to assist you in embodying a future life that you love. Your guide smiles at you and hands you a basket filled with little balls of light, which will help to illuminate and give positive, loving energy to your future. As you move forward on your path, you are invited to place these balls of light anywhere along the way that you would like a little clarity or assistance in creating any place that you would like further inspiration. You may also leave the balls of light someplace that is beyond what you are already designing for yourself, but that you sense might be a place where this positive light of clarity will be beneficial. You do not need to see the area that the light will illuminate in order to feel that it is a good place to put one. Go on walking for a few minutes placing your balls of light in your future, and then I will guide you back. You have as many lights as you need.
return to our bodies. We are going to leave our psyches out in the future, already beginning to live into and embody our desires and future selves, already beginning to go to work on living the life of our dreams. Place any last balls of light that you have. And thank your guide. And when you are ready, bring your awareness back to your body in this room and open your eyes. anything they want to articulate in words about that looks everybody's sort of glowing and uh, but I've done that a lot but this is the first time that I've ever um, created in my imagination this healing center and you know the, the common rooms that are great big and you know have fireplaces and beautiful views and I could see, I could see people there, and um, well, I just say, I could see you guys there um, as a part of this, and um, it's a big, you know, big, big open area, but lots of places for woods, and kind of like at Amanda's where you you go down to the woods, and then there's this bo this boggy area down here that's. It's beautiful and comfortable and open, and it's still got trees, but it's got this moss sort of thing going on. I didn't see the horses there, but I feel them. It's amazing. I mean, I met, I, 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 this, whatever we've been going through is so powerful that something brand new has happened. Great. It's wonderful. And um, next week I'm taking one of those big poster boards and making a class in session. Please be more quiet. It's fine, because... I just let it go. I just kept letting you go. Well, that's what I figured. It was like... Did if music on these? I did turn some music on finally, because I thought... That was nice. If there's, you know, there's not my voice and there's just their voice, that I didn't want it to distract you, I so... I didn't hear it, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the wisdom of sex and city. Yeah, that's that's a good point though. That's very true. Yeah, one will stop my future. Good. No, that's exactly the point. Under that, yeah. I did never quite get a guide, but I'm pretty sure it was um angels and then I have this set of 
um, Native American women were really, really, really connected to. I just felt like they were all there, part of this. So. Good. And I love the balls of light. Mm -hmm. <coughs> that was powerful. Great. Totally Anything you want to say? And don't feel pressured if you're no, just... I, I don't feel pressured. I feel pretty clear on what I feel comfortable if I want to share or if I don't. And, Good. Um, it was just a, kind of a magical experience. I think the fact that I had that shamanic journey recently helped me like be in that place and kind of go into it. So I didn't... Um, create much. I mean, there were some sort of different visions that came to me, and then um, one connected to my guide and kind of operating on, like, the spiritual healer plane that was just really moving for me. <clears throat> and then at the end, there were three um, of the balls of light left, and I placed them in my, like, fourth chakra chest kind of cavity. And that was very sweet. Mm. Um, but I had a really great connection with my guide because it's this uh, healing guide that I've been working with that um, I've been trying to get to know better. Um, and uh, also I've been opening myself up to like, is this something that's inside or if it's just really an external spiritual presence or if it's some combination of two? But I've just been able to really kind of let all of that go and just be present that energy and it's really cool. Good. Mm -hmm. Mine was some of my specific things and my guide was actually the guy that one of the guys that came up for me last year when I did my first journey with Sandy. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. He came back and he's uh, his nickname was Hunky Man. Sandy gave him that and he can be very big or he can be very small. He can ride very tall. And then he just got huge, like hugely huge. So I was very tiny next to him. And it was just walking along the path, and they're almost like these little holders that I had a specific label for, like this is writing, this is consulting, this is coaching, and just putting the lights, or like these are going to light the way, and I'm going to walk. Mm -hmm. I'll be able to find it now, and just here because the lights are here. Mm -hmm. That's kind of yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Like markers. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, now that you are out. Um, living in your future, at least some part of you, um, I still do want to give you one more way to get out into your future when you're here and you can see over there and are having trouble um, getting from here to there. You know, most businesses, most people operate by planning by prediction. So this is how this went in the past. This is how much money we spent on our budget last year. We're predicting we'll sell about the same amount of widgets this year, so this is how much money we have to spend planning by prediction going forward. And that's certainly appropriate in certain um, situations and certain circumstances. But the problem with that is that it's hard to take it you past where you've ever been before if you can only say, well, that's my only parameters. So this is about planning by creation rather than planning by prediction. And um, the way that you essentially do that is to get in touch with 
what it is that you desire, and you both have done, all of you have done a little bit of this in the past. So just going out there and saying, I don't know how I'm getting out there, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get really clear about what this end result looks like and what it feels like and what it provides for me and um, what I do when I'm at this place. And of course, with the caveat, that it doesn't mean you have to go there. If, you know, 10 minutes from now you change your mind, you I don't know that I really want to go there after all. Well, fine, great. But by getting really detailed and really clear about it, then you're starting to get into the, the energy of it, the feel of it, and then you can start walking backwards. So, you know, if you wanted to go, what you wanted was to go to the beach in August and have $2,000 to do that. Well, where do you need to be July 15th? How much money do you need to have already? What plans do you need to have made already? How, you know, how have you gotten yourself that far? And again, not jumping back to now, but jumping back to, well, you know, then two weeks before that, where was I? And then three weeks before that, where was I? And what did I do to get myself there? And what you end up with is a reverse map of how to get over there. And it may be that you're going to take a few steps on your reverse map, and it's not going to quite go as planned. And then you, you know, you readjust. Or you get halfway there and you go, oh, I don't want to go there, I want to go there instead. Mm -hmm. You know, adjust. But it's just, it's so easy to get um, intimidated and stopped by, I'm here, I want to go there, I can't really see exactly how that's going to work, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I can't do that. I mean, we've all had experience with that. But well, I really want that, but I can't see how I can make that happen. And so then it just goes out of existence. And then it becomes, you know, it's something you're resigned to or it's something that you're regretting that you didn't follow up on or whatever. And so um, that's just another possibility for doing that. And so we don't have a lot of time, but what I would really love to do is to take a few minutes and get you started <coughs> and then we'll do the rest at homework, is taking your cards, and I will give you a big piece of paper, and to start to lay out some of the cards that you have to do a little bit of this. Can we use some of those big sheets back there? Starting uh, with A's or A-B's? Um, you can pick whatever you want. You, uh, my thought was for you to pick your um, major goal that you've been working towards, and then to look at your action plans and, and your action steps that you've developed in all the different ways that we've worked on that. And some of your cards that aren't specific to that goal can also be on the timeline. Because maybe you have, maybe like if I weren't me, maybe I would have this goal of this, this healing center, but along the way <coughs> I want marriage, so I put that in the timeline. You know, you don't have to make it. And so, this is, again, multi-purpose. I mean, in part to actually in practice and embody this planning by creation. But also, when you see things kind of laid out like that, then it helps you to see, well, you know, I see a little bit of a gap here between here and here. What are some of the things I want to create in between to start closing that gap? So we'll do that for probably about... Eight, or eight minutes or so, and then um, that will be the doing some more of that will be part of your homework. So are we
So yes, when you're first identifying what it is you're working on, you're looking at a really big, broad goal and you're not looking at how. You're just getting really clear about what and you're not being practical or viable about it. But then as you start to step yourself back, then you are looking at how steps and at details. Get going in just a minute here. Is there someone who's ready to share their discovery and intention? Go, Cindy. I discovered that I think too small, and I intend to let myself think crazy big. Good. That's awesome. Thank you. I discovered that I'm in the vortex. In this space, everything is possible. I intend to bring myself into this space anytime I step out. Wonderful. I rediscovered that I love learning to release, and I intend to do my homework this week. Awesome. And the homework for this week is going to be... It's up on the Facebook group already. No, it's not. I don't know if it is or not, but it'll be there by this afternoon. Um, read pages 24 to 27, which is on trusting your desires. Cool. Read pages 112 through 118 in chapter 4 on take responsibility. Say that again. It'll, it'll all be up there. Okay. Read pages 132 to 145 in chapter 5, which is on lightening your load. And usually I just have you pick one exercise that you want to do, and this time we're having a signed exercise, which is live from a purpose, which is on pages 34 and 35, and the pages just before that are about values, and there's a big inventory of values. And so I realize you have a lot of um, fluency with your values at this point, and if you want, um, some lists with a little bit more to look at. There's some great lists of values there that you can use um, to help you create that extra, to complete that exercise. Did you say the second one was to read something and take responsibility? Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was last week and I just read it all. We, you read the whole chapter? I thought so. Oh. What did you say? The page? page 112 to 118? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's left from last time. Well, I'm, thank you for bringing that up, and I will sort that out, and the correct things will be up on the Facebook group um, a little bit later. So thank you very much. Well, maybe you already had